Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team heads into the bye week five and seven after losing to the Chiefs. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 27th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. My man Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube and we're looking good. And uh, we definitely appreciate him. You can hit him up on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And of course, we got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707 654 six nine three no calls or texts coming up on today's show got some locker room sound that i definitely want to get to got a lot of locker room sound following the raiders 31 to 17 loss to the kansas city chiefs on sunday Uh, but we'll get to one guy in particular that i think needs a little bit of recognition for what he was able to do in sunday's uh, game even though it came and resulted in a loss that'll come up in segment number three of today's show segment number two unfortunately have to talk about a couple guys on the raiders roster that May not be long for the Raiders roster because of actions of their own when I talk about Roderick Teamer and Marcus Peters for two different, totally different reasons. But got to talk about those guys in segment number two. Here in segment number one, talk about the loss, the way that the Raiders lost, the way that they started out hot and found a way to fizzle out. We'll get to all that coming up after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I will tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But the Raiders lose 31-17. They got off to a really hot start. Matter of fact, at one point got up 14-0 before Kansas City went on a run. And when I mean a run, I'm talking about a 31-3 scoring run. Right At one point, the Raiders could not stop the bleeding at all. The Chiefs kept scoring and scoring and scoring. And it looked like it wasn't going to get stopped. But uh, the Raiders started out really good. You know, on their first opening drive, they went down and scored immediately. Uh, had another opportunity to score. They didn't get it. But then Josh Jacobs had a big-time run and put the lead up to 14-0. And all the Chiefs fans that were in Legion Stadium were really quiet. And Legion Stadium was rocking. And then it all changed after that. But just looking at the numbers, Aiden O'Connell, 23 for 33, 248 yards, a touchdown, and a sack. Jacoby Myers actually was the lead receiver for the Raiders. Six catches, 79 yards, a touchdown on seven targets. He was the first one to score. Matter of fact, he got in the end zone on the opening drive. And that opening drive that the Raiders had looked like one of the best drives they had had all season. And they've had about a handful of drives that look really good. That first opening drive looked fantastic. Josh was getting the ball. Devontae was getting the ball. Jacoby was getting the ball, and he ended up punching it into the end zone on an 18-yard catch and run uh, on, I believe it was third down from Aiden O'Connell. Speaking of Devontae Adams, five catches, 73 yards on on seven targets, excuse me. And the problem is all those catches on those targets came really early in the game. He was like five for five for 73 yards and then never got another catch the rest of the way. And that was really bizarre. I don't think that Kansas City really did too much differently as far as uh, going ahead and guarding him and trying to slow him down. The Raiders just couldn't get the ball to him, and it's just kind of the story of the season. The offense plays well for a minute, and then it fizzles out, and that's something that they've got to get figured out, whether it's 
the rest of the season with five games left. They're going into the bye week, obviously. They've got five games left. Is it going to be then that they're going to get the offense figured out, or are they going to have to wait till they officially get into the offseason before they can get the offense figured out? But something's got to give because they just can't get things going, and they cannot play consistently offensively. Josh Jacobs, 20 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown, which sounds fantastic. Sounds like, all right, good. Josh Jacobs had a really good day. Well, 63 yards and a touchdown came on one play. Right, So if you really boil it down, it was 19 carries for 47 yards. And I don't want to take away that 63-yard run because it was big time. It was a hell of a run. He put a hell of a stiff arm up there and uh, got the Chiefs defender to the ground and uh, got the touchdown. And so that was huge. But all in all, his carries weren't very effective. And he had a few carries here and there that looked really good, uh, and, and especially early on. And, and then the Raiders just could not, again, keep it up consistently. He also had four catches for 15 yards. But if you look at the first drive, nine plays, 75 yards, five minutes and 28 seconds it took. Jacoby Myers punches it in. That was awesome. Next drive is where the first problem came in. 14 plays, 69 yards, and they missed a field goal. And the problem is, the big problem is, I don't understand why they went for the field goal. Right, And so I even tweeted, really surprised the Raiders didn't go for it on fourth and one. The way they played so far feels like they could have picked that up. Raiders 7-0 with 32 seconds left in the first quarter. So they ran 14 plays, went 69 yards, and took a ton of time off the clock and got nothing out of it. And I know, and it's easy to second-guess coaching. And I understand that, you know, hey, Coach Pierce is a new coach, so he's going to make decisions some will agree with, some we won't agree with. It's easy to go back and kind of say, that was a bad decision, that was a good decision, why'd you do this, why'd you do that? I get that. So I'm not trying to second-guess the coach, but with the momentum, the way that they were playing, I felt like they really should have gone for the fourth and one to try to go and get a touchdown. The one thing I can tell you about the Chiefs are they're not going to be beaten by field goals, right? And I'm not saying that if they had punched it in the end zone, they would have won that game, but it just would have gave them a better chance. One of the big keys I had to this game was the Raiders had to score around 24 points. Well, if they had punched that in the end zone, and then J.J. comes back with his touchdown run, that's already 21. And then you get a field goal later on in the game, there's 24 points right there. Again, not saying they would have won the game because, look, they lost 31-17. to But you've got to give yourself a chance. And that's why I'm not a big analytics guy. And I know analytics. I know what it is. I know it's all about the number game and the percentages, this, that, and the other. I get it. And I know that it's a major part of the game, so I'm not trying to take that away from it. But sometimes you got to throw the analytics out the board and out the window. And I'm not even saying that was an analytics call. But sometimes you have to realize, hey, The team that we're going up against is the Chiefs. They're not going to be beaten by field goals. Let's go get touchdowns. And then you live with the results. And again, it's so easy to second guess. So I'm not trying to be that guy. But I felt like that that was a big turning point in the game when they settled for a field goal. And Daniel Carlson is cash money Carlson for a reason. So 30 yards should have been a chip shot for him. And he missed it. It was the second shortest field goal missed this season, according to ESPN stats and information. And the second shortest in his career. So... He normally makes that. He's 99.9%. You know he's automatic. So I get it. Putting points on the board, you want to have some points. But, again, the Chiefs are not going to get beat because you have a field goal. And if you go on a 12-play drive, was it 12 plays? No, excuse me, 14 plays, 69 yards. I feel like you just got to go ahead and go for the jugular, right? You've got to have an opportunity and and the stones to say, we're going to go pick up this first down. Our will is better than yours right now, and we're going to get into the end zone, and we're going to let the chips fall where they may. Not to mention – the Raiders knew that the Chiefs were going to get the ball coming out of the, the locker room to start the third quarter. What does that mean? Well, there's opportunities for them to get the ball back before halftime, multiple times before halftime, get the, the score close, and then also take advantage coming out of the locker room. And that's exactly what they did. It was knotted up at 14 at halftime, and then they got the ball back to start the third quarter. So I just 
I didn't like the fact that they didn't go for it. But again, not trying to second guess the coach or say that, oh, he made a terrible decision, but it just was one of those. It's like a gut feeling that you got to go with. And I feel like that, you know, the gut feeling should have been just to go for it. Uh, you know, the third drive of the game is the 77-yard drive, but it was only two plays. Josh Jacobs goes for that 63-yard touchdown run. The reason I bring that up is because it put the defense right back on the field, and they eventually got tired, right? But, again, they got up 14-0 and then finally got outscored 31-3 to the rest of the way. And I'll tell you right now, the locker room was pretty upset, especially because it's that team again. And if you remember, going back to even last season, week five, they were up 17 nothing before the Chiefs mounted their comeback. And so it's that team. And, of course, the Raiders have to figure out a way to beat that team. In the AFC West, you've got to find a way to knock off that team. So a guy like Meek Robertson was very frustrated, was very upset. He even said, I know that they're not better than us. You know, he, he's like, that's why it, I took it so personal. I'm taking this game so personal. You know, he doesn't care about the bye week, any of that stuff. Just took that loss really personal because, well, he felt like they let, he let them off the hook. The team, not a meek, but the team let them off the hook. They were up 14 nothing, couldn't keep their foot on the gas, couldn't continue to score, and the same problem they've had all season long rears its ugly head, right? Can't continue to score points. Again, they've only gone over 20 points one time offensively all season long. So they head into the bye week, soul searching, looking for some answers, and also trying to get a lot healthier. And I've so much there is to say about this game and so much to talk about when it comes to the coaching, when it comes to the quarterback, when it comes to what the Raiders may need moving forward, this, that, and the other. And please believe we have all week to discuss all kind of different different areas of this game and what the Raiders have done through the first 12 weeks uh, because it is the bye week. So there's not another game to prepare for. But I have to talk about the news that we found out before the game and then what we saw transpire during the game. We'll do that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, do want to tell you about the title sponsor, which is LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has a tool to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn just isn't another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, and that's a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates and quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, make the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I also want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And a lot of times, life will hit you. Life will hit you in some kind of way that you did not see coming. Sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's jobs. Sometimes it's family. So I mean, it could be the holidays and maybe you're alone for the holidays or you feel like there's a sense of being alone for the holidays and you don't like it and it has you in a really bad place. I mean, it's just, again, it's all of life circumstances and you never know and we're never prepared for it. Like, I can't write in my calendar like, hey, on Monday, I'm going to have some situation I got to deal with. This is what I'm going to do. Like, that's that would be nice. But that's not the world we live in. We can't do that. We have to be able to handle situations as they come, wherever they come from. If it's right field, left field, uh, hit you upside the head when you definitely were least expecting it. But therapy could definitely help you. As a matter of fact, the time of year, as I mentioned, could be a lot. So 
you might need to just talk to someone about this time of year and talk, talk about what's been going on. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. Again, BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash locked on. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Unfortunately, I have to talk about a situation that I was hoping not to have to talk about when it comes to the Raiders, right? And you never like to have to deal with off-the-field situations. You never want a team to have to deal with off-the-field situations. And we all know. The Raiders have dealt with plenty of off-the-field situations, whether it was in Oakland or here in Vegas. And we know everything that happened with Henry Ruggs. We know how that all shook out. Of course, John Gruden, that situation, how it shook out, that was a totally different circumstance. But we found out, as I'm sitting there at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday morning, I'm doing Q's kickoff, which is the pregame pregame show. It's one hour before the official pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen. And I'm sitting there, and I'm with Vinny Bonsignor. We're, we're discussing the game. We're talking about keys to victory, what the Raiders have to do. And all of a sudden, down the timeline on Twitter comes uh, the fact that Roderick Teamer, Raider safety Roderick Teamer, uh, was in a situation where he was arrested for suspicion of DUI the night before a big game. Not to mention just being arrested for suspicion of DUI, period. He was, a, he was a, pulled over for speeding. He was booked in the Clark County Jail, and he was released around the same time that I was doing the pregame show, which is what, from 10 to 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. So uh, he was arrested. So the Raiders put out a statement saying the Raiders are aware of an incident involving Roger Teamer last night. The club is in the process of gathering more information and will have no further comment at this time. He did not play on Sunday, obviously. But I just couldn't believe it. A guy who's been on IR all season, he was just activated off IR. He was just about to get into the game, and the night before a huge game, probably the biggest game of the season for the Silver and Black, he's out speeding after drinking and gets arrested on, again, suspicion of DUI. Now, it's suspicion of DUI. Anything could happen. Anything could pop up. We all know how that shakes out, so I want to make sure I'm very clear about that. It's suspicion of DUI. But if, in fact, it does end up being a DUI and he gets busted, I mean, first of all, it's the night before a game. Everyone's at the team hotel. He's not supposed to be out and about anyway. I mean, there's a curfew, which I get is, you know, it's a soft curfew, but he's still, there's a curfew. But how incredibly selfish and reckless is that? Again, in Las Vegas and everywhere, (laughs) honestly. And there's, of course, there's tweets immediately, get the professional team out of Vegas. Look, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. I'll just let you know, it's not Vegas. It's not the Raiders leadership. It's the player. We have to hold people accountable for their actions. We can't just babysit these guys and say, hey, this is where you have to be and this is what you have to do and make sure you text me and let me know that you're home. Like, we don't, we don't have to do that. You know, these guys are, are, are smarter than that. And again, the night before a game, it's definitely uh, you're at the team hotel, the M Resort, the official team hotel of the Silver and Black, and you should be in good position to be, you know, doing what you're doing. So I tweeted out, Max Crosby is working his tail off to try to play today, and a player in Roderick Teamer who was just activated off IR getting arrested on suspicion of DUI the night before the game is the most selfish thing I've ever seen. Also, so reckless when there's so many better options. And I stand on that. Again, it's suspicion of DUI, but 
Just ridiculous. Just there's absolutely no reason for that. And Max Crosby is doing everything he can. He was a guy who did not participate in practice all week long. He was a guy that was listed as doubtful ahead of the game. And that's what got us concerned on Friday was like, oh, wow, this guy's doubtful. Oh, there's a good chance he doesn't play. Come to find out, 67 players have been, well, now 68. 67 players prior to Max Crosby were listed as doubtful. All 67 missed their games on Sunday. Max Crosby was listed as doubtful, and he played on Sunday. And Max Crosby spent time in the hospital in the week. But that shows you how much he cared about his team, how much he wanted to be out there, how much he wanted to get after uh, Patrick Mahomes, and how much he knew this game meant. While Roderick Teamer is riding around speeding and gets arrested on suspicion of DUI. Again, incredibly selfish. Like the Raiders said, they're gathering information. They won't have any comment until they do have a comment. But I'm sure we'll hear something about this sooner rather than later. And if they made an example of him and decided to say, you know what, uh, this is not worth the trouble, and they moved on from him, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not a guy that roots for people to lose their job, but I would not be shocked if they decided to say, you know what, enough is enough. You're not worth the trouble. That was incredibly selfish to the team and incredibly reckless. We got to move on from you. Would not be shocked at all. Now, when it comes to infield and in-game activities or lack of activities, how about Marcus Peters? Marcus Peters was benched the whole second half of the game. He actually came out of the game in the, the, the last drive, the last defensive drive for the Raiders. He was not out there on the field. I uh, noticed him as soon as he came off the field. He threw his helmet on the ground, picked up his beanie cap, put it on. He was kind of by himself, right off to him side to by himself, uh, walked down the sideline. And then all of a sudden you see Coach Antonio Pierce go over and talk to him, talk to him for a while. Marcus walks back down the field, the, the sideline, uh, throws his beanie cap off, finds his helmet, puts his helmet on, stands on the sideline like he's about to go back into the game, kind of walks in a couple circles and just takes his beanie or takes his uh, helmet back off and puts his beanie on. Never to be on the field again. And this has been something that has been going on with Marcus and his lack of effort when it comes to tackling. Of course, we know he's a guy that wants to get after the ball and try to make plays on the ball like he had the pick six against Detroit. But that's really it. I mean, he, he has no desire to try to tackle. And there's so many times that you'll see him out there and the effort will just look piss poor. And look, Marcus has been brought into the office. Antonio Pierce told us as well. He's had conversations with Marcus Peters about effort, attitude, try, trying to go and, and make tackles, miss tackles, all that. He's had those sit-down conversations with Marcus. And to have to bench him for the whole second half of the game. And look, there's been people that's called the podcast voicemail line and said, hey, Q, when is Peters going to get benched? When is he going to get benched? Well, it happened on Sunday. So Vinny Bonsignor tweeted out, Marcus Peters is owed the remaining balance of his $1.1 million 2023 salary. He also gets a $60,000 per game bonus for each game he's active. So if the Raiders would, would uh, move on, if they decide to move on, they would save $300,000. And that's, again, uh, an extreme that they may take or may not take. I don't know at this point as they're sitting there at 5-7 and seven going into the bye week, I don't know how they view Marcus Peters, right? Jack Jones came in, and Jack Jones is a guy that they just – claimed off of waivers from the Patriots. He's a guy that's very familiar with Antonio Pierce. He came in the whole second half and held it down for Marcus. Amik Robertson was on the other side. Of course, they still have Jacorian Bennett, who's kind of finding, trying to find his way into the NFL. It's really tough, right? He's a rookie. He's struggling at times. So you saw a lot of Amik, and you saw a lot of, uh, uh, of Jack Jones on Sunday and no Marcus Peters in the second half. And you saw him standing way off by himself. Way off. And then a couple times you'd see Antonio Pierce talking to him, kind of getting in his lunch a little bit. And we'll ask P Coach Pierce about it. We'll have a chance to talk to him uh, this morning at 11 o'clock. So I'll have an opportunity to ask him about 
those conversations. Of course, he's not going to say exactly what they were talking about, but I'll ask him straight up, was that an effort and an attitude, uh, you know, reason why he wasn't in the game? Because if not, if I don't ask that question, then it could obviously be played off like, okay, well, uh, he was injured, and so that's why he didn't play. He wasn't feeling very good. That's why he didn't play. Just like similar to the Detroit game, uh, he was out the rest of the game after that pick six with cramps. And I say that in air quotes because, well, I say that in air quotes. Uh, so I'll ask him, was that or, you know, was Marcus Peters not in the game due to effort and attitude? And standing by himself uh, kind of made it look like it was effort and attitude. And we'll see what Coach Pierce says. But, uh, again, that's another guy that a decision may be made on, right? And they may be at this point in the bye week. Right, 12 games in, they've got five games left. They may feel like, hey, you know what? Now we're out of this thing. We had to win one of those games, either Miami or Kansas City. So now it's really breaking down to a player evaluation time. I, I don't know that for a fact. Ask that question as well. You know, we get to talk to Coach Pierce today, and then we also get a chance to talk to all the assistant uh, coaches, all the different coordinators, but it's later on when I'm on my radio show, so I won't have an opportunity to actually catch up with those guys. But I will have a chance at 11 o'clock this morning to catch up with Coach Pierce. So we'll ask him a few questions like that about evaluation. Is it evaluation time with the Raiders? Or is it, hey, we still think that with the five games left, we can go on a run and find a way to sneak into the playoffs? Me personally, I think that they needed to have either the Miami game or the Kansas City game Obviously, you want both, but uh, the Miami game, they had a chance to win. Uh, the Chiefs game, they had a great chance to, to continue to you know, put their foot on the, on the pedal and, and, and build momentum in that game, and they let it slip away. And once it slipped away, boom, it was gone just like that. So two guys that unfortunately have to talk about uh, who knows if they're going to be on the roster in week, thir- uh, not 13, because that's the bye week, but uh, who knows if they're going to be on the roster week 14 when the Raiders return to action. But obviously a couple guys to pay attention to. Coming up in segment number three, normally I'd have calls and texts, but I want to take you inside the Raiders locker room and hear from Mad Max Crosby, a guy that, again, was listed as doubtful. 67 players have been listed as doubtful. Every single one of them missed a game. Mad Max, he's built different. You'll hear from him coming up in segment number three after I tell you about prize picks. What is Prize Picks? Well, it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers. You're battling, you're not battling thousands of other players. You're not going up against pros, sharks, none of that. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in just like that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, with the basketball season here, you can now pick up combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. So you can go with whatever player you think in the NBA. It could be someone like LeBron James. It could be a Steph Curry. It could be whoever you want. James Harden, if that's your flavor, whatever. And you can go with the football player as well, like a Devontae, a Jacoby, a Josh Jacobs, whatever the case is. Aiden O'Connell, if that's who you pick. And again, that's from the Specials League. Prize Picks even has something that I like a lot that's a reboot policy. What's a reboot policy? Your entries stay in place even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if your player uh, you have exits the game in the first half and does not come back in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. That, I think, is really stinking cool. Right now, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. No calls or texts off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. We'll get back to that coming up on Tuesday. We've got all week to get into calls, into texts, all that. We don't have a, a crossover edition coming up this week. There is no game. It's the bye week. And I just think it's important to let you hear inside the Raiders locker room. We got a chance. We caught it to a lot of guys. Max Crosby, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Amik Robertson, Amir Abdullah. Like, we caught up to a lot of folks in the Raiders locker room on Sunday. But I think that Mad Max Crosby deserves uh, the flowers to at least hear from him uh, from Sunday just because what he did just to get out there on the field. Again, he was listed as doubtful. He didn't practice all week long. And it was funny. Going leading up to the week or leading up throughout the course of the week, didn't practice, didn't participate. I was like, okay, no big deal. It's Max. He'll be out there. No, no worries. And then on Friday, when he didn't participate and he was listed as doubtful, that's when I thought, whoa, okay, that's 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 serious, right? I still had a had a somewhat of a feeling that Max might give it a go. At least he would try. But when you're listed as doubtful, that doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, uh, hear from uh, Ian Rappaport. We actually got to hear this early on Sunday morning before it was official that Max was playing. Uh, Ian Rappaport had this to say about Max Crosby, what he dealt with all week and what he was attempting to do on Sunday versus the Chiefs. Rich, let's talk about Max Crosby. He's been dealing with a knee injury. It swelled up on him, didn't practice at all this week, and listed as doubtful. That always means a player is not going to play. That has been the assumption. However, sources tell colleague Mike Garofolo and myself that Crosby is, in fact, expected to play against all odds. He has been pushing to play really since early yesterday, and there's a very, very realistic chance that he makes it happen. Why? Patrick Mahomes. He wants to go get Patrick Mahomes. That's how much this game means to him. We have not seen a player who's listed as doubtful actually playing a game since 2020, Rich. So that was from, now I call a friend of the show, Ian Rappaport. <laughs> now that he's been on the radio show and on the podcast, all you got to do is be on the show once and you're a friend of the show as far as I'm concerned. Uh, also, Adam Schefter said, and just want to reiterate, entering today, 67 players have been listed as doubtful this season and none of them played in that week's game. Max Crosby plans to try to become the first player this season to play in the game in which he's listed as doubtful. And again, just like you heard from Rap Sheet, nobody had done it since 2020. Max Crosby did it on Sunday. And well, for that, let's go inside the Raiders locker room and hear from Mad Max Crosby and exactly what was going on with him all week long. You know, obviously you're listed as doubtful and you try to work your way back in. Everybody knows you don't want to miss time. So what has the last couple of days been like? It's been rough. Um, it's a long week. Battled a lot of things, but um, I don't want to miss any any games regardless. You know, as things happen in life, I've been through a lot, and you know, in general. So, um, some people, you know, have their opinions, think I'm crazy, but I know I'm crazy, so it's fine. I love it. Um, everything I do, I do with a purpose, and um, I did everything in my power all week, and I can't, you know, give enough credit to everybody on the Raiders staff, um, Alex Guerrero, all, Tim Harkins, all those guys, they freaking um, did everything in their power, and I pissed them off and kept them up all night <laughs> trying to get on the field, so I can't. I can't say enough about those guys. What did it take to convince them to get back on the field? Well, there was a lot. Um, it wasn't convincing. It was like, had some real issues going on. Um, was in the hospital, <laughs> all type of um, Yeah, it was tough, but found a way. How do you feel now? And is it another rough couple weeks coming, or is the bye week coming at a good time? Where do you go from here? No, it's coming at a good time, for sure. Um, just had to battle through some things. It was just tough. Had some infections, certain different things like that. So I was, yeah, down for the count for three days. So, um, 
yeah, just part of it. So luckily, you know, I have great people around me, great team around me, and they uh, they helped me a lot. Max, what was your feeling? Look, about four minutes left in the game, they took you out. You didn't seem too happy about it. What, what was your feeling in that moment? I was upset. I tripped up <laughs> on the edge and slammed my body in the ground. So they thought, I think they thought I was hurt. Um, and I was just banged up a little bit, but like, <laughs> I didn't want to come off the field, you know, at that point, it was just frustration more than anything. You know, you put everything into it. I played my ass off and everybody was out there playing their ass off. So like, I just wanted to give our team a chance. Um, in a hard time, and uh, I didn't want to come off, so it's as simple as that. How, how tough was it just on a play-by-play -play basis to, to be in there, and how much pain were you actually in during the game? Well, we could talk about it all day, but <laughs> I was in a lot of pain, I'll say that. But it is what it is. I, like I said, I train all year round to do this, give myself the opportunity to play 17 guaranteed games, and if I can go, I can, I'm, I'm going to go. So. You guys, you guys had a 14 nothing lead earlier. Did you feel there was a point when momentum kind of changed? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, they're a really good team. They're defending champs, so you got to be on point from start to finish. You can't just be the first quarter. You know, we talk about starting fast, but you got you got to finish faster. So it's like you got to keep your foot on the gas at all times. And um, you know, they got the best quarterback in the world, so you can't lay off the gas whatsoever. Max, I just asked AP. And I'm not going to try to get you in any trouble, but there were multiple times you were getting tackled. You could see the holds. Yeah. Do you, he said he's talking to the rest before the game, during the game, after the game. Are you as a captain able to say anything, or do you have to keep your, your mouth shut? No, nah, it is what it is. I'm used to it at this point. It's been... Hi, <laughs> right, Um I'm used to it at this point. Um, that's what happens. You know, when you win a lot of rushes, you're going to get held. So... Um, run or pass game so it's just like a part that's a part of it. you can complain about it it ain't changing so it is what it is what percentage were you tonight healthy healthy it looked like at points i, I guess 60 65 percent was that pretty accurate? yeah i don't know i don't know i was yeah i can't put a number on it but i was going through it for sure despite all that you you did uh i think we got a third down sack got the offense the ball back on him a chance uh what did you see on that play and, and how that feels that kind of a validation of everything you went through in the moment yeah you know i just out of body experience uh i think i got freaking triple teamed on the play and somehow i just i just kept fighting finding a way and uh made a play and help us you know help us you know get another get our offense another opportunity in a big moment so yeah, it was it was a big play in the game. I was yeah, like I said, out of body experience. Patrick Mahomes, he said after the game he had a lot of respect for you. You guys made you know trash talk back and forth, but he had tremendous respect for you even seeing the field today. Uh, what is that? How mutual is that feeling between you and Patrick? No question. Um, like I said, like I've said it many times, but he's he's the best in the game, and uh, we're you know we go against each other twice a year. Um, you know, we have our back and forth and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's respect. When you see another great one across from you, you know what time it is. So every time, you know, he brings the best out of me and, and, and vice versa. So um, I got a ton of love for him regardless. Um, that doesn't change how I'm approaching him. I'm trying to <laughs> hunt his ass down every time I, I go out there. But he knows that and he respects it and it, it goes both ways. So, yeah, I got I got a ton of respect for him. Was there something that they did offensively to all of a sudden kind of start having success or did they just keep plugging away and it was just tougher to defend him? Um, you know, they did a lot of different things. I got to watch the film, obviously, but uh, like I said, it's, it's the defending world champs. You got to be on point. And uh, 
just little things. It just comes down to details, getting off the field in critical situations. We didn't do that well enough today, uh, tonight, and we didn't play good enough complimentary football either. So um, those things go hand in hand. Max, speaking of respect, did you see all the love that you got on Hard Knocks? Uh, if so, how good does that feel? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had some people in my family and stuff send it to me. So I checked it out. Me and, me and Rachel watched it, and uh, it's cool. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I play the game for one reason. It's because I love it, and I want to leave a legacy and be the best of what I do. And uh, when I see stuff like that, it's just, you know, it's like a, a little bit more validation about, you know, all the work I put in. And, you know, it's just a little, a little check mark, but it gives me more mo- motivation to keep going and keep getting better because, um, you know, I'm only at the beginning of the story. So. Every single day is a battle. Every day is a challenge. And, uh, you know, getting to see other teams and things like that preparing for me <laughs> in different ways and practicing me doing extra stuff and all that, like, it's it's uh, actually pretty damn cool to see. So, yeah, you know, especially when it's, a, you know, great ones like, you know, Dolphins and Chiefs and things like that, like some of the best coaches and players in the league um, showing respect is, is really cool. So there was Max and what he had to say about the way he felt and, you heard Hondo Carpenter say, well, you look like you're about 60 or 65%. And even looking at, at Max after the game and in the locker room, you could tell he wasn't even that, right? And he was like, healthy, healthy. I wasn't healthy. Like, he, you could tell he was miserable. I thought it was kind of cool that he wear, wore a Jordan jersey uh, into the game or into the, uh, to the stadium when he, when he arrived and, and he was in that in the locker room when he was leaving. Uh, it just kind of made us think of the flu game, right? Okay, you knew that MJ was going through it during the flu game, uh, still went out there and balled out. And, you know, to Max's credit, still was able to get a sack on Patrick Mahomes in a very important time. He got a sack on him, got the ball back for the Raiders' offense. They weren't able to do anything with it, right? But it was a very important time uh, because they were still somewhat in that game. So Max was out there, gave it as much effort as possible, he even got pissed off when the Raiders uh, took him out of the game Late in the game, he, he was mad. He came off the, 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 the field and threw his uh, helmet. And then uh, I guess that he thought, as you heard him talk about, that uh, they thought that he had got injured. And then when they feel, realized he, he wasn't injured, they let him back in the game. But Max doesn't want to miss anything. Now he's got the bye week to go ahead and rest and, and heal back up. And we hope that he is uh, because for the final five games, I'd love to see him ball out. I don't know what the final five games are going to do for the Raiders, if they're going to go 5-0 and or if they're going to go 0-5 or somewhere in between. I don't know. But I would love to see him ball out. Would love to see him expand off the the sack total that he's at right now, which is uh, what eleven and a half. I'd love to see him end up around sixteen or seventeen when it's all said and done. Again, uh, it's not about personal stats, but uh, would love to see a guy that dedicates everything he can to this game and you know tries to play in every single game and tries not to come off the field ever. Wants to play in every single snap. Would love to see him get as much uh, you know burn and as much opportunity as possible. So uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Again, as I mentioned, we talked to Max, we talked to Meek Robertson, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Amir Abdullah. You'll hear a couple more of those uh, locker room sounds coming up on tomorrow's show. They were short, like a minute 45, a minute 40, a minute 8, minute. you know what I mean? Like, they were nothing real lengthy, but still some good stuff from the players. So you hear some more of that on tomorrow's show. Plus, who knows what Antonio Pierce will say today. Who knows what will happen? Maybe we'll find out some resolution about Roger Teamer. Maybe we'll get some resolution about Marcus Peter. That'll all be something that we monitor and continue to, uh, you know, talk about here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, plus a whole lot more. What direction do the Raiders go? You know, what's the plan for the rest of this year? What's the plan moving forward? Got out plenty to talk about and plenty of time to do it, plenty of shows to do it all this week as the Raiders are officially on their bye. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.